0: hello ladies and gents this is mike Hitley on the Headley group real estate show this is a podcast designed for real estate professionals who's thinking about getting a career in real estate or who's already been in the business we'll learn some great tips and tricks from the professionals and the veterans continue to tune in hey ladies and gents this is mike Hitley. we are back Another great episode on the Heady Group Real Estate Show. Uh, we got a gentleman who we kind of reached out, and I think he would have been a great fit on our show. He has many talents, been in the real estate industry for a while. He's gonna enlighten us with some great insight. It's the first time we had an underwriter on our show. And people in the real estate world knows that underwriters, people you never see, right? They make that final call on your property. Uh, uh, let's give a warm welcome. To Mr. David Ball with Coins and Culture, how you doing, brother?
1: Doing good. Good. Appreciate you having me on. Really, I really appreciate
0: it. It's, it's, it's a great it's a great thing that you uh, uh, want to come on the show. We thought that this would be a great fit for our audience, and a lot of people want to hear and get in the mindset of, uh, of 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 where you're coming from in terms of underwriting, just just mortgage tips, strategies, mm-hmm. and also the brother got a great. Pop an Instagram page, so we I appreciate it and support that. Appreciate it, uh, brother. How long? How long have you uh, been in this real estate space in your field? So, so in the
1: in the space as far as real estate, real estate, uh, I'd say about ten years ago when I bought my first property, house, act that. As far as like a professional in the industry, um, about five years. So I spent um, three years as a loan officer and then um, the rest as a as an underwriter.
0: For, mm. for two, okay, okay, so. So walk us through, because currently, are you doing loans now? Yeah, yeah. so see, so yeah, currently, I'm working on the
1: the underwriting side. Um, okay. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm doing right now. So basically, um, and that's the kind of why I create the page. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there, mm-hmm. as far as a lot of folks that are running around, you know, everybody wants to be, a, not, I'm not a girl, but everybody wants to be a girl and say they know this and that. But mm-hmm. very rarely do people know the actual guidelines behind what they heard, somebody heard. Somebody else heard they say, and so mm-hmm. like I like when I look at like house hacking, like you know, there's this concept running around that you can just run outside, buy four family property, kick your feet up, and, and live rent free. That that's not how it works. There, there's there's guidelines um, behind it. There's like I've never heard anyone ever mention the FHA self sufficiency test. I really hear anyone ever mention that when it comes to house hacking. Um, oh, that oh, one, oh, I, I got
0: inject, brother. Give it to us slowly because we got to talk to the people in the back. What was that again?
1: Yeah, so, so when when you're house hacking, so there's the FHA self sufficiency test. Um mm-hmm. and so most folks have no idea what that is. And so what that says is if you're buying a three or four unit multifamily property with mm-hmm. an FHA loan. So let me back up a little bit. So the great thing about using an FHA loan to um purchase property is that you can you, you can buy a multi unit property for three point five percent down. So whether that's a one, um two, three or four unit property, I recommend not going one, not doing it with the one unit property, but if you're buying a two, three or four unit property, four is the highest you can go after four becomes a commercial property. Right. You can put down three and a half percent as far as the down payment, which is great. Cause if you're using any other type of loan type, you're gonna put down maybe at a minimum of five, most likely like 10, 15 or 20%, which most people don't have to purchase the first property. But what a lot of folks don't realize it is that um, there's this thing called the fha self-sufficiency test and what is what it says basically is that um your mortgage should be no more than 75 of the of the of the rent so what that means is um if you have four units in the property and they all rent for four thousand dollars so okay. one two three four thousand dollars is the rent for the entire property your mortgage could be no more than three thousand dollars 75 of the rent for that property and the reason behind that is because um whenever you're going through the loan process the loan the lender assumes 75 percent vacancy so you know that's another thing you know about you know purchasing real estate is your, your units are not always going to be occupied so mm-hmm. there's a 75 percent assumption of, of vacancy which is why that which is why that regulation is in place so you can you can make not, not that you would you know but have a million dollars and live in fha property but you can make a million dollars but if it doesn't pass that fha it, it doesn't work. Um, I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want, but if it doesn't pass that test, you're, you're, you're out of luck. So they, a lot of folks don't realize that that's um, a major part of that home buying process. And so if you don't realize that your, your realtor doesn't realize that you're going to be in trouble looking at properties that um, you can afford, but you can't qualify for.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some, you enlighten me all my years in real estate. I didn't know that it's always, <laughs> always a good tip. And now is that across the board, literally throughout FHA or does it apply only to first time home buyers own occupants or yeah yeah
1: so so um just folks that don't know the 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 F in FHA stands for federal so it's a federal program for every state okay. in the uh in the United States so an FHA loan is only for a primary residence mm. um so you have to live in the property for at least a year um mm. there's there, there's certain I would say ways around it but there, there's certain things you can there's certain things that if they come up you can actually move out in less than less than a year for the fha property mm-hmm. uh, but yeah yeah you when you're buying an fha property you have to be in that property for at least one year you have to live there is is the kind of the regulation there so yeah it applies to all fha um scenarios is that is that uh or excuse me all all three and four unit um multifamily fha, FHA scenarios is where that, that guideline applies to
0: mm-hmm. so walk us through the Underwriting process, right? You, know, you said that's your area of expertise. You get a book of loans that come across your desk. What else? I don't know if you can reveal that, but what are some of the things that will stick out that would you say, nah, this is a denial that people can't fight so, so, for?
1: So, I always say one. Th- so, let me start from the beginning. So, I always say one thing um is just be upfront, is really the biggest thing where, where I see folks. So, Kind of just to walk you through the loan process. So step one, either you probably got referred to a lender mm-hmm. or you found a lender online. So step one is you applying online, putting your information um, and talking to the lender and getting like a pre-qualification or pre-approval. That's step one. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, the saying garbage in, garbage out. So if you if you don't, if you're one, if you're not being straight up forward with your loan officer, they, they know the guidelines are just not as good as an underwriter, even the best. Um, loan offers doesn't know it is probably a an above average underwriter but so it's garbage in garbage out so if you're not up front with them like um they're just going to do the, the pre-qualification based on what you told them um hmm. and then two you can get like a pre-qualification pre or pre uh approval without submitting loan documents but always say okay. you're, you're fooling yourself like i mean it, it takes you what does it take you five ten minutes to download some w-2s and okay. uh, an income statement so you know why not turn those in so you're you're kind of messed up, or you're not. Honestly, you're not really serious. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not turning those documents, that's why. When I was a, a loan officer, like I wouldn't even um, engage with that. Like if you can't spend five minutes to download some income docs and send them to me, like uh, maybe I'm not. I'm not the right person for you because mm-hmm. you don't really seem that that serious. And so, but so getting to the the loan the loan process. So once you actually go under contract, uh, you find a home. That that's when it actually goes to the, the loan officer once you got that contract. So to mm-hmm. jump into that part of the equation. Oh, yeah, that's why I say be honest upfront with your your loan officer. Cuz like I like to see going back to the stuff in the internet. I see all this stuff on the internet you know talking about, you know, um uh, wipe your credit clean, do do all of this credit fix and, and all that. Um that's great, but your 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 uh, underwriter is not just looking at your your credit report. There's mm. different programs that the underwriter is looking at. But um, mm. I'm not. I'm not going to stick with the yard, just I don't want to um, encourage people to to um, to try to uh, do unsavory stuff. But just say like public records. Um, you can't erase public records. Like you know, right. like you know Ethan Hunt. You know swiping down and
0: I know right. <laughs> like, Ethan Hunt. Like
1: just because yeah. just because you paid somebody a hundred dollars to, to wipe your credit clean does not mean that that information is is gone. I always say mm. your lender is your lender's trying to lend you. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like you think, you think some tip that somebody paid ninety nine dollars to is going to is going to raise mm. a bankruptcy, child support, these public records that that, that that doesn't work. You can get stuff um removed temporarily, but j- just think about it. You know, like Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, they're trillion dollar companies. right Like this, this dude that you met on the internet uh, that correct. you some money to did not did not wipe stuff from there. Their record. So, like I said, just just be honest. Because one or two things will happen. Either you you just lied about something, or I'm to say lie, but you you're uh, misled. You know, or engaging hyperbole about something. Correct. It really doesn't matter, and it makes you look bad. Or it's something that comes up, and it's going to come up. And you've just wasted the last three four months of your time looking for a house. Um, looking for a house when you couldn't qualify for the house. So, um, the biggest thing is just just be honest, because the the underwriter will find it. Like I said, I, I I probably, I look at files probably three or four times a day. Like I said, I, I look at stuff that um, homeowners, you know, potentially like forgot, but like I said, p- public record, it's, it's in, it's in like a court system. Like you're not, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. you're you. not, you're not getting rid of it. So no matter what you think, like it's, 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 it's still there. So
0: that's interesting. You say that about, you know, cause you see it online so much. And again, I don't knock no one's hustle about how they make their money as long as it's ethical in you're not breaking the law, but in terms of the the uh, 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 the credit removal thing, like you said, you yeah. made so much sense. These are trillion-dollar companies, right? If they really want to dig deep enough, they can find kind of anything you got out there. Like you said, it's public information. And I was always curious: did they do they put it on hold or or hide it so this way when they the score is pulled? Uh, uh, it, it's not it's not shown. I was always curious with that.
1: So, so what what so what people do in order to get stuff removed from a credit report? So we all know Transparian, Equifax, Ex, Equifax, Transparian, TransUnion, Equifax, Equifax, I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank. So, um, Experian, Equifax,
0: TransUnion,
1: Experience Equifax, and TransUnion. There we go. There we but those go. Are, yeah. those are the big three. So we have those big three. Then there's other companies that re, that report to them because they don't have all the information. They just basically. Um, uh put it all in one spot i can't think of a word for that they all mm-hmm. put it in one spot but like they're getting information from like um like lexus nexus um sage stream mm-hmm. they're getting information from um um this bank check system there, there's a bunch of different systems that they're getting information mm-hmm. from and so like like those like the lexus nexus of the world they get the information they'll get the information from like the the, the courthouse um, so, like, like Trans or TransUnion is not talking to your local courthouse, um, right. But, right. but LexisNexis and other um, bureaus are talking to the courthouse, and then they're getting the information from like LexisNexis. So, what people do is they'll um, they'll they'll uh, send like a oh, I guess I'll just tell you how to get one approved. Re- re- so, what, what what they'll do is uh, you'll you can send like a a letter to your local courthouse and say, hey, do you if you have like a bankruptcy? And so, you'll say, hey, do do you report information to TransUnion? About public records, mm. and the the the, the courthouse is going to say no, we don't, and they'll send you back a letter saying that no, we don't. So then, folks will send a letter to TransUnion and say, hey, there's a there's a bankruptcy on my credit report. Um, please ver- please please validate or verify that information. And then, so TransUnion will send them a letter back saying, hey, we verified the information with the with the the court system. But you already have that letter from the court system so you know that they're they're not telling the truth oh wow and okay they've actually okay. got it from LexisNexis, nexus not the court system and then so you can send the letter back to transunion and say hey this is not accurate please remove my credit report so th- that's at a high level how stuff gets mm. you from your credit report but here's the thing um the mortgage company is not just going to transunion they're going to LexisNexis, and there there's a there's a another one that they go to as well which i'm just not going to say um, but okay. there's there's another one that they go to as well, where most of the information is is that, and that that's the one that gets most of the people jammed up because it, it's still it's still there. And also, what happens is, um, like, so even Lexus Nexus, it's not like you get it you got it removed and they just throw up their hands like, oh, we're defeated. They're they're getting that information refreshed like every two or three months, mm. anyway. So okay, it got it removed. Then Lexus Nexus is going back to the court system and just getting a, a, a um, an information. Refresh again. So th- that's why a lot of times the can gets removed from the credit port, it pops back up. Uh, for, for, for a couple of reasons, but public records will pop back up just because LexisNexis is going right back to the court systems just to get another update on in the information. Cause it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's there. Um, it's mm-hmm. in, it's in the, it's in the court system. So that, that's, that's kind of how, um, how stuff pops kind of back up in your credit report is that stuff is never actually officially gone. Like I said, unless you're hacking into the court system and somehow Correct. deleting their records, which your, your, your guy, you paid $99. Obviously, this is not doing for $99. Mm. It's, it's, it's there and it, it'll, it'll, It'll be back.
0: So. so basically, it's on temporarily freeze at the moment, but it's coming. Yeah, back. yeah.
1: And so and so the other thing is, if someone if somebody does freeze something, um, that's great. You have you have privacy. It's your information. It's your data. You have the right to to freeze stuff. But the lender has a right not to lend you stuff too. So if they're mm. like, hey, I see your your TransUnion is frozen, or I see your your bank check uh, system is frozen, mm. unfreeze it, or we we're not going to give you the loan. That's that's how Ooh, it works. Okay. So, wow. so it's just like um. Yeah, you, you got it frozen, but the, the lender wants to has the right to see your information in order to make that, that lending decision. So that's the other part. You can free stuff, but you can't you can't get any funding once when your stuff is frozen. So
0: Wow, know, wow it, It's wow. frozen, great, but uh the, the, yeah, that information, like I said, I don't think I, I was not aware of any of that. And I'm glad you gave me insight on that. Quick commercial break. If you're interested in a career in real estate or you're a seasoned vet, you might want to change. New environment. You don't like the atmosphere you're in. The Headley Group Realty could be there to assist you with your career. What do we offer? Great culture, great environment, leads, and an awesome commission structure. Let us be there to support your business. One thing, you got to be in the state of North Carolina. Let's get back to the show. Walk us through a streamline, right? We see a lot of people with this whole, with with, 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 the, with the moratoriums, people are starting to do a refinance. What, what is your thoughts on the streamline?
1: So, so like, um talking about like fha streamline it's 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 good to me um if you have an fha loan to me you just want to get out of the fha loan to mm-hmm. begin with because a lot mm-hmm. of um fha fha streamline is popular because you don't really need any proof of income or, or credit mm-hmm. for that just basically lowering your rate but to me if you're going to be in the in the the home and it, it's pretty it's pretty quick you could be down in like 14 days but to me if you're going to be in the home long term you just want to get out of fha loan to begin with because the like so the FHE loans, um, for some reason, they're they're super popular or they're super popular or people think about them a lot. It's like, hey, I don't have a lot of money. Let me think of an FHE loan. Um, but one thing folks don't realize is an FHE loan actually has the highest minimum down payment of any loan type, which is three and a half percent. There's there's a uh, NACA zero. There's USDA zero. There's VA zero and there's conventional at three and a half percent. So if you are in an FHE loan, you um, the only reason I recommend FHU loans are one, if you have credit issues, two, if you're purchasing that multifamily property. But to get back to your, your question, um, to me, you want to get out that FHU loan to begin with, um, mm. because an FHU loan has, has PMI, that, that mortgage insurance that stays in the loan forever for the life of the loan. You so, let,
0: let the people know what PMI is.
1: Um, I always forget to say, like, private mortgage insurance, my private, private mortgage, mortgage insurance? insurance. So basically it's just insurance that you pay. So whenever you put down less than 20% on a mm-hmm. loan, you pay the, you pay insurance to the lender. So it protects the lender in case of a default. So let's say your mortgage payment is, I don't know, um, $1,500 a month. You may pay the lender, depending on what your credit is. You may pay the lender $150 a month and it goes to the lender. It doesn't help you one bit and it goes mm-hmm. to the lender to protect them. In case of default. Because in theory, I guess they I don't they not actually do this, but in theory they could, you know, put it into a kitty or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we this person's made, you know, ten mortgage payments. Uh, one one fifty times ten. So now we have fifteen hundred dollars in there just just as a keep safe. And, you know, and we're collecting it every every year as a keep safe in case they default on the the loan. So th- that's how mortgage insurance works. Um it just protects the lender or it's, it's just more money to the lender or reinsurance to the lender in case you default on the loan for putting down less than um, 20% on the loan because there's not enough equity in the home for the lender potentially to make back their money if you default like uh, potentially right away in the first couple of of years. And so with a conventional loan, if you put down less than 20%, the mortgage insurance, uh, what people don't realize is the mortgage insurance drops off at, at 78%. A lot of people think it's 80%, but mm-hmm. it's actually 78% um, is where it drops off automatically. Um, it's 80% if you... At 80%, you have to reach out to the lender and actively ask them to drop the mortgage insurance. So they won't drop it at 80% unless you actually call them and say, Hey, I'm at an 80% loan to value ratio. Please drop it off. They drop it off automatically at 78%. And so there's, there's two ways to drop it off at the 80% threshold one. So let's say you had a, let's say your loan amount was $90,000. Um, yeah, let's say your loan amount was $90,000 and the property is worth $95,000. So if the property appreciates to a hundred thousand dollars and you pay that $90,000 loan down to, um, down to $80,000. Now you're at that 20%, um, loan to value ratio. And so you can, you can get it dropped at that point, but you typically have to get an appraiser. You have to contact the appraiser or the, the mortgage company and say, Hey, um, I'm at an 80% loan to value ratio. What can I do to drop this? mortgage insurance. So you always want to ask them first because they'll tell you one or two things. They'll tell you one, it hasn't been soon enough. Sometimes if it's within the first two years, they don't care. Um, unless you made like a significant change to the property, like I've added a room or something like that. Um, or they'll tell you, hey, you can get an appraisal done, but you, you have to use the right appraiser. Um, or they'll just say, hey, you can contact a realtor and get a, um, a certified market assessment done. And uh, if the realtor says the home's worth $100,000, we'll, we'll drop the, the PMI. Um, that way, but with an FHA loan, unless you put down ten percent initially, which if you if you put down ten percent, you're probably not using the FHA loan to begin with. Right. Um, but unless you're putting down ten percent off the off the break, um, that PMI stays on the the um, on the loan forever. So I mean, forever. you can be paying that additional one hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, whatever the PMI is for forever for the next you no know, thirty years. So I always say um, if you can get go from FHA to conventional too to begin with but back to the question fha streamline is basically um if you made um at least 6 months of mortgage payments um on time you can kind of, you can you can submit that um and you can basically get um the the interest rate reduced um pretty pretty quickly so.
0: mm. you know something let me unpack that a little bit there cuz you said something good in terms of refine a uh, 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 refinancing out of that and and dropping that pmi so the bank won't call us or automatically drop it. We have to contact the lender to say, "Hey, I want to get this PMI dropped." Like that has to be a physical phone call or email.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. O- only mm. at seventy-eight percent do they actually do it themselves, which could be another two or three years of um, you paying, you know, the, the PMI. But at seventy-eight percent, they'll do it automatically. Um, but you're you're eligible at eighty percent, but they only they only do it automatically at seventy-eight percent. You have to call them at eighty percent.
0: And, and, and you were, and then soon as you immediately, you immediately, when that happens, refinance into a conventional loan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
0: or just, or just, like I said, you can do it, you can
1: do it before, um, always say, um, yeah, I mean, you can do it before if the, if the numbers still work for you. Cause so one, one thing I, I like to stress is that, you know, in, interest rates. Interest rates change day to day. So right. a lot of times, like when I, I see folks saying, uh, hey, I need to get this this 700 credit score, 740 is a perfect credit score to apply for a mortgage. But I'll see folks saying, hey, I need to get this this perfect credit score in order and I'm gonna wait till I get this 740 or something to apply for a mortgage. That's because f- I want to get a better rate. That's fine. That's your prerogative to do whatever you want to do. But what folks don't realize is that, like these interest rates change day to day. So right. like what, and I, 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 I looked at it earlier in the year but there was one, there was one point I think it was like in in March that when, when rate room when rates had popped up that it that a, I think it was like a 640 like in in January or February would have got you the exact same rate that a 740 in like in like March or April would have got because <clears throat> so rates are not just based on your so rates are based on your your credit score, the loan size the down payment amount. The term, the property type, but they're also based, based on stuff that's completely outside of your control. So they're based on um, uh, um, the, the 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 bond market essentially, like mortgage-backed securities. Correct. They're okay. Based on like you know just the the the, the market, consumer confidence, and so the, and basically like the the uh, let's say the benchmark rate of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. So like if that moves, that's going to change your interest rate too. And so mm-hmm. that's why I say like you can have a six forty today. Six months from now, if you're waiting to improve your credit, that 740 potentially could get you a worse rate than that 640 could mm. today. Because, um, you know, no one can predict the future. Obviously, me, you, no one can predict the future. That's, that's why I always tell folks, one, if the numbers work for you, mm. pull the trigger. So if the numbers work for you today to get out of the FHU loan, even if you got to go conventional and still pay a little bit of uh, PMI, do it. Because um, who knows where, where rates will be a year from now? a month from now um six months from now like there was a point early in the year where, where rates had moved almost like half a percent and for for the worst in like a month time span mm-hmm. um so my thing is if the numbers work um execute don't don't wait for a certain threshold whether it's that perfect credit score whether it's um 80 loan to value ratio um just just to me get out that fha loan as, as quickly as you can if your plan is to keep that property long term if you're going to keep it um if you're like hey I know i'm moving or i know i have no plans to be a real estate investor i know i'm probably going to sell this home in three or four years that's when you probably want to just stay on the loan because when you when you refinance um unless you don't like the streamline you're going to have to pay like closing costs you may have to pay like two three thousand dollars to to refinance you always want to wait way that that two three thousand dollars it costs you to refinance versus how long it would take you to save that you know that three thousand dollars in the monthly rate, so um, this is a, this this is probably a bad example because because you should be saving more to refinance. But let's say a refinance saves you thirty dollars a month in your monthly payment, but you paid three thousand dollars. So three thousand dollars divided by thirty is is a hundred. So it would take you a hundred months to to basically to to recoup that, which is I don't know, 12, six, seven, eight, 8 years. I don't know, so, something like something like mm-hmm. that. It'll take you mm-hmm. eight years to mm-hmm. to recoup that. So hopefully you have gained a little bit more um, savings, or maybe like a hundred dollars. So uh, maybe it's now just 30 months it would take you to, you know, to recoup that, that savings. So you always in the way the cost to refinance versus how long you actually be in the home. Because you can your your interest rate can go down, your payment can go down, and it still cannot make sense to to refinance in some, mm. in some scenarios.
0: That is a great, great point. I had a client actually had posed that question to me. I'm not in the mortgage industry. And but we 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 thought about that. Is it Mm-hmm. Worth it To go through this process Spend extra money Just to save A couple hundred dollars Right yeah, exactly. Or to save $50 So and, but, but that's a great Great point Question here The fact that rates Are so low versus, versus what it was 8, 9, 10 years ago Do you Recommend A person Stay in a fixed rate Or an adjustable rate uh, if, if they happen If adjustable if, if it happens To come across if, if the lender Provided that option To them
1: yeah so so to me i mean rates are are so low right now um to me they're, they're at a point where they i mean they can't get any any lower because at a certain mm-hmm. point like um sorry that's all right, all right
0: take sorry. your time that's brother we right. okay take your time you all right
1: so th- there's a certain point where rates can't get any any lower so it's mm-hmm. just like um you know just just lock in the right now because once again i always say i can't predict the future but a year from now the rates so a year from now there's a couple feasible scenarios. There are three feasible scenarios. Rates could possibly be like an eighth of a point lower. Mm. They could be exactly the same, or more likely, they're going to be more than an eighth of a point higher. Like if I had to put my money on the same an eighth of a point lower or more than an eighth of a point higher, mm. I- I'd push all my chips on the table on mm. the eighth of a point higher thing. Mm. So it's just like the rates are so low right now and they can't get any lower because there's a point where the lender can't make any any money you know they money, gotta, exactly they, you know chase got to pay for the, the lease of the make on the corner they got to pay for their office they got to pay for the mm. processors they got they got to pay they have so much overhead it's not like the fed lowers the rates to zero and they're going to give you a, a quarter of a point um you know interest rate like it, they, they can only get so low to be to it doesn't become profitable for the lender at a certain point and to me we're kind of at that point because rates have kind of flatlined for the last year and a half they haven't really mm. gone under a certain amount but um at some point they're gonna they're gonna you know jump jump back up so to me you want to lock in that that low rate now and and just in general in in my opinion like a fixed rate only makes sense or excuse me a um an adjustable rate only makes sense if if somehow you know you know what your future is like Mm. if you know hey i'm going to move i got a 5-1-r meaning that correct um, the, the interest rate is locked for five years, and then a- after the fifth year, it's going to adjust every year. That's what a five-one arm is. Um, I know that I'm going to be moving out of my home in four years, mm-hmm. so I'm never going to have the, the arm adjust. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that's when it potentially makes sense, but I always say um, uh, it's hard to predict the future, so mm-hmm. we know we'd all be in a different business if we,
0: if we could, so. Well, you know, so, man, I mean, you dropping so much good insight, like I said, stuff I didn't know. Coins and culture. Let's dive into that. What made you say, I gotta get out there, I gotta just enlighten people? Like what was that motivation? What what drove you to say, let me get heavy on social media to give these people this valuable information?
1: Yeah, so it was it was in the, the middle of the, I guess the beginning of the pandemic. So it's probably February, March, March, April of last year. Um, I'm not sure why, because I hadn't posted on social media in like three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, hey, let me start this. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe sitting around but I and say, hey, let me start this page. And it, it's it's funny, I would say to people just to, if you have an idea in your head, just, just start. Because it's probably mm-hmm. going to be, it's probably the same with, we, with you with the show. I don't, I don't know if it was, but it's probably the first- No, it was, I just started.
0: I said, I want to make it happen, let's do. let yeah, so I have everything couple- together, let's go. Go we'll ahead, though.
1: Yeah, so the first couple iterations, and you won't realize this until you get further in the line the first couple iterations are going to be bad they're just going to be bad but right. you got you gotta you gotta start and, and get better so um um i don't recommend anyone do this but i think i'll have like 900 posts but if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of my my post the, the graphics are horrible i'm talking about i'm trying to be like the financial guru and i'm trying to talk right. about all this investing and, and mm-hmm. stuff and stuff like that and uh-huh. you know, one day i was just sitting around and i was like I- i'm in the mortgage industry why am i not posting about mortgage stuff that, that's mm. that's, that's, that's kind of weird. And so I posted my my first post. And so so on average, I'd be getting like maybe 10, 20 likes a post. And I posted this mortgage thing. And and um, I think because it was the authentic me. It, it was actually, um, it was talking about, you know, um, people buying fancy cars, but they can't afford a home because they're in this fancy car. And so it, it got, so i have been like, like 10, 20, 20, 20, somewhere between 10, 20 likes. And it got like 280 likes. I was like, oh, huh. You know, I think, I think I got something here, so I'm going to start so posting. I'm on stuff. to something. Yeah. So I'm going to start posting stuff like maybe uh, I'll do a mortgage chip Monday every day. And so I started posting and the mortgage stuff will just get so many, you know, more comments and engagement. Mm-hmm. People, be, people would DM me like, oh, so I was like, okay, let me do it. Like, let me do this mortgage stuff. Like, let me do it three times a week. Cause I was posting every day. Let me do it three times a week. And then I was like, man. Um, I can't, I don't know if I can think of a mortgage topic every single day, but like when, when you're, when you're in the, in the, in the weeds and you love something like you can, you, you, you got unlimited, you know, uh, topics. And then I post exactly. like three, three topics a day and I got a list of, um, probably like a hundred things on reserve, but basically the whole, the whole point of it, why I switched, why I started going so heavy was just, I would just see a lot of, um, a lot of misinformation out there.
0: Ah, uh, and, uh, and I figured that.
1: Yeah, and it's like it's, it's not my quote, but I think you. I've seen some iteration everywhere. It it's like, you know, there are people with half of your skill set, you know, making twice of your twice the money you are posting on yes. Instagram. Instagram. So what's what's holding you back? And it's just mm. like if, if this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Is having success. Imagine if someone that actually knew what they were talking about started started posting stuff. So there's there's just not a lot of stuff like it. I mean, what I when I think, um, I mean, honestly, I think of like you know MG the Mortgage Guy um, when I think of like mortgage stuff. Right. Um, and then I like outside of like, and he doesn't really even post like specific guidelines stuff to a lot of times, but there's not really like a, a page that posts like, like, like mortgage stuff. So my thing was like, I want this to be like the number one resource resource on the, on the internet for for about. mortgage information. Cause there's not really, um, there's not really like a, a source of, of mortgage stuff to go to If you everything like, Hey, what's a page that talks about mortgage guidelines? I, I honestly can't think of a single one besides like my page that actually talks about the actual guidelines
0: are not like not like fluff or people dancing around and, and bingo and oh stuff like that. So,
1: exactly so yeah, yeah yeah so that,
0: that, that me, was kind of what- let you me know, get like, around because one is is uh it's authentic one you what I get from the page by me viewing it is authenticity and yeah. and, and, and you being who you are but it's actual facts right yeah. so that's what me that's what gravitated me to you applaud you for that brother oh, thank you hey guys thank you for watching our show we're gonna interrupt you real quickly We are in the business of referrals. If you know someone looking to buy or sell, residential or commercial here in the North Carolina area, refer us, we really appreciate that. Is there a question that I didn't ask you that you would like to answer?
1: Question that you asked me that I would like to answer? So I would say, the thing I want people to know is Mm -hmm. that your interest rate does not matter. Mm. Um, and so I I say this because if you look at any mortgage commercial, any advertisement, the thing they advertise is the interest rate, the interest rate, it matters, but it, it doesn't matter. Folks are always, um, like the the interest rate is like the shiny object. The reason I say it is because as a loan officer, maybe, maybe 5% of the people I've talked to have ever asked me about the fees associated with the rate, um, but everyone is just everyone's just so concerned about the interest rate, and so literally a loan officer can tell you any interest rate you want to hear, and, and they're right, like it's not it's not a lie. Like if you if you call me right now, and say hey, what what's what are interest rates right now? I can tell you I can tell you a one. I can, so interest rates right now are probably in like the the three the, the the low threes right now. And so if I was a shady individual, I would tell you um I could say yeah two point two point six two five. Because I know no one else is going to have a rate. Well, other people have a rate that low because they're going to use the same trick I'm using. But they'll, they'll say like a super low rate to, to get your attention and to get mm. you attached to that shiny object. When in mm. actuality, I always say the loan officer can tell you any interest rate you want to hear and it's right because they can just buy down the rate to whatever level you want to. And so I always tell folks to focus on the, the fees before the interest rate because you pay the fees at closing. Like so if you're paying an extra two thousand um, dollars than then you need to be, you're paying the two thousand dollars literally at closing. And if and um for the difference of a quarter of a rate, so like uh, a quarter of a entry, a quarter of a rate on a 30-year loan, um is like six it's like a six dollar difference in your monthly payment for every hundred thousand dollars the loan is. So if you if your loan is two hundred thousand dollars um and you got like a quarter lower rate, um that's saving you twelve dollars a month, you know. And so, but if you're paying 2000 dollars to buy down that rate, like um, once again, do it doing the math. It doesn't really make doesn't really make sense to be so focused on the rate if you have no idea what your the fees are associated with the the rate. So that, that's what they always try to hammer home with folks. Your fees matter more than your interest rate because you pay your your fees at closing, they're called closing costs. You pay the interest rate over the life of the loan. So they're both important, but the fees are more important than the rate. If someone is, if someone is focusing on a rate super Hard and doesn't mention the fees, I would always be be wary about about that. Um, like when I would talk to my clients, I would always quote them the fee closest to to zero and point point that out to them because a lot of folks um, don't. So,
0: you know, some brother, you I mean, literally, I say this with all honesty. You gave us so much information that a lot of lenders, right, never really. But again, your underwriter kind of revealed and opened up because, again, I got caught up in. What's the rate? What's the rate? But you, yeah. as you said, the fees, you're spending all this money just to save this much, <laughs> and, yeah. it's, and, and which is crazy. Um, David usually ask people at the end of the show to give us two golden nuggets, right? Whether it was a book, a quote, a scripture, something that inspired you so we can throw it out to our masters. What you got?
1: Oh, so, two, oh man. so two, two, golden nuggets. Two golden nuggets. So, um, oh man. So I, I would say one. Um, just just start. I don't know. I don't know. Just do it. There goes. No, I like game. that. I like just, that. Just, just do yeah, it. Yeah. So like um like I said, whatever. Like, that's why what I say I was starting my my page. Whatever you're doing, just just start. Because only two things are going to happen. You're going to um, you're going to, you're going to fail. And I'm doing air quotes for folks that are listening. You're going to fail. You're going to succeed. So if you're, if you fail, failing, you know, it's just, you're, you're learning a lesson. You're learning how to get, get better for, for the next step. Um, but if you, and if you succeed, great, right, you probably want to succeed in the first time, but you're going to, to fail. Um, so just, just start. Oh, so I actually got a, got an actual quote for you. So in the, in the military, one of the quotes that really stuck with me are, is that, um, no decision is a decision. See, like, you know, no decision is a decision to, to just stand pat and and be fine with the circumstance. So be, a lot of people think that oh you know I'm 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 uh, I'm being wise while I'm thinking about um, the course of action. and not no you've made a decision to to do to do nothing. So like in in this is an extreme situation, but like in the in the military, like when something's happening, like you need to make a decision. I mean sometimes it's better to make a a, a bad decision than, than no decision because at least you've taken some sort of action. Um and you know okay that didn't work so now I got. More time to pivot, but if you if you make no decision for a long time and you sit around, then you make that bad decision. You got no time to to recover. So yeah, n- no decision is a decision. To is a is a quote for you. Um, that's my one quote. Do I got a second one? Um, I um, uh, Sorry, I just got just got. Maybe I think of something else, but I just got. Yeah, that's kind of the one quote I got for you. No decision is a decision. So.
0: Well, well, you said just do it, and I I think yeah. that as simplistic as that sound with Nike with the. Soush commercial, just do it, right? Uh, We want to give our hat, take our hat over to Mr. David Ball with Coins and Culture. You really enlightened us. Brother, you are a alumni to the show, right? And and I would love to kind of have you on again.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: We want to thank everybody for being a part of the Headley Group Real Estate Show. And we're having a great conversation with David Balls and Coins and Culture. We'll see you all next time. Hey gang, I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight, and please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms, and don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.